As a child growing up in the Indian context, there's a very good chance the adults in your life might have decided to ask you this one question. So, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, depending on how colorful your imagination was, you gave interesting answers. But that being said, this loaded question still lingered in the back of your mind at different important points in your life. Let's throw it back to the time when you decided the subject mix you wanted to take in your 11th standard or which university slash college you wanted to go to after your school education was completed, which company you wanted to join or while you were sitting and facing the recruiters you mapped your career path. Even then, this question takes on a new form and doesn't stop pricking itself into the back of your mind every year or even every quarter that you spend in the workforce. Now, exactly what question are we talking about, Nikhil? How employable am I really? In the other words, what exactly is employability? So, Meryl, do you have any idea about employability? Well, three years and nine months into the job, I think I might have a fair idea about what we're talking. But definition-wise, I couldn't find an exact statement about what exactly is employability, but I've come close. So there's a term called work readiness, which I think is extensively discussed in the management space, where they talk about what are the attitude, skills, and knowledge required for an individual to do well at a particular workplace. So I think work readiness or employability is broadly about these three aspects. Now, if you were to specifically ask me, now, Meryl, what skills are we looking at? There are multiple aspects. So take it for granted when you're coming out of college and entering the workplace, you have some amount of academic knowledge or technical knowledge. And maybe if you've done an internship or two, you might have some degree of industry immersion. So setting that aside, some of the other skills that employers actually value would be your interpersonal skills, as in how you interact within a team setting or your commercial and entrepreneurial skills where how much drive do you exhibit or, you know, eventually do you want to start something of your own? How much leadership capability you have? Then comes innovative or creative skills where how do you approach problem solving or is there a way you can creatively change the way the current system focuses on? And then you have strategic or organizational skills where you're looking at how organically do you blend in with the organization? Are you able to seamlessly interact with all the stakeholders, including internal and external? So you're looking at a very complex framework of skills, not just including your uh, academic skills or proximity to industry, but we're looking at some of these other aspects as well. And if you were to reference something like the India Skills Report 2021, a lot of the employers today are pointing out that the newer entrants to the workplace sometimes tend to lack in a lot of these aspects like teamwork, problem solving, soft skills, emotional thinking, critical thinking, you know. And these are things that actually shape the way employers view what we call employability. How's that for an answer? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, what else is there in the answer that can be pulled out? Um, but a long answer shortened just for my understanding, I would say common sense, mm -hmm. like a one word answer, if someone is employable or not, like if someone has common sense, they can fit into any job role that's given to me, right? Having this kind of observational skills of 
what is happening out there and can i be a add on to that or how can i be an add on like thinking on your own feet that's like one of the major mm-hmm. major aspects someone can someone you can call employable or not because i see cross jobs all the time people study something and they get into a job into something else and one of the common skills that makes someone survive in those jobs is this exact same thing the common sense aspect mm-hmm. but talking about that meril what i also say is um there is a huge 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 opportunity or i would say in an ideal world kind of a scenario where all of these skills like the reason we talk about is because there is a problem that's arisen and there is a way that we need to solve the situation but imagine in an ideal world or in an ideal scenario where you got this kind of a program embedded into your college education or imagine your college doesn't provide something that a private company like let's say upgrade or someone provides you imagine this concept is called work readiness program or work readiness score at the end of the day and imagine on planning or on infrastructure wise it looks exactly like your cat exam you have a lot of information that you going to be preparing of and you going to be writing an exam mm-hmm. or you going to be attempting an exam or like your ilts right you have four divisions you have mathematics and analytical thinking is one end you have verbal reasoning and literature at one end you have pro, like programming and computer um, microsoft skills as well as you are um, what do you call um skills about how to work in the digital space is one end and all stuff that's relevant for workspace in the other level and these keep on getting updated as the industry keep changing it every year and either your own college or if you are interested to change from your division to another by taking these skills exams it helps you to know more about which side of the job right. you want to pick up and how do you want to do better for yourself and companies rather than just looking at your resume and asking you technical questions see technical i'll tell you at the end of the day company can train you but stuff that relates to your personality or character need to be learned in a longer space or a longer pace and imagine this kind of wordy work readiness score out of 1000 to 2000 points you you score some points specifically to a particular division of the learning you do maybe verbal you have acquired a lot of skill and lot of points or in reasoning you have a, like got a lot of points like verbal reasoning doesn't mean your typical cat level exams Definitely. but it's more on the working style of how things are to be managed maybe how to write an essay or how to point out or how to give an interview or like a lot of things and this more on the research basis yeah the reason these skills are important is like at 20 like imagine at 1970s or 1980s there is a doctor one of the important things of the doctor is the medical skill that have learned for themselves plus maybe if they are a good doctor they can communicate it very well there will be a famous doctor but today's mm-hmm. point of view at 2020s what we're talking about is a doctor not just good at their skill not just good at their communication but also they need to be good at the exposure and how the digital space works like if not they are just to be right. hidden gem in the world and there is a whole division called hidden gems where people can't find them and people need to be like uh, effortfully fa- get found like imagine the same doctor keeping themselves available for their patients in all these medical apps and all the consulting apps that's there is and asking their patients to give feedback give response in social media to create some kind of a personal brand 
it's necessity doesn't matter which profession you're in it's necessity because that's part of an our existing style of living having these digital skills i think in the whole amalgamation the way how we approach to these skills or how we approach i think that is the situation here like i was talking about both the digital skills work readiness as a whole so i really think you're adding one more layer to the skills that we're talking in terms of a digital skill right which is a 21st century skill that we're talking about and it leans a little bit more towards personal branding in the sense that you should now know how to navigate social media and how to maybe craft out a persona for yourself and uh, you know get your talents to the fore otherwise you might be lost in the noise so all of this brings me to ask a very practical question and this is something that uh, you know we can maybe agree to disagree on given how different our experiences have been do you really think our academic system is ready to nurture students that are ready for the workforce given all the skills we've talked about and if you will indulge me you know if you look at career counseling and all of these things at least when we were in school career counseling happened only closer to 11th and 12th right when you you're almost halfway in terms of your decision making about which career you want to pursue you know and at the same time we should also remember that our options are restricted to how little or how much more our parents knew about employability so if you grew up in a house where only those three options of engineering medicine and ca were considered holy grail of career you're missing out on an entire world full of creative careers or you know things that you might even enjoy doing outside these three the big three when it comes to career so do you really think our education system is is poised to actually prepare students for employability and imbue these skills with them or at least give them a good foundation that they can build on i mean um genuine question right like i think 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 it in this way why someone will be like even like most of the decision coming highly decisions from parents only because parents know some mm. of the intimate details about the work style or work life my my father is a banker and he knows a lot of merits of being a banker so he obviously asked me to go towards banking because he knows that industry for sure either it's a good or a bad thing for him the same goes with the doctors engineers and cs you know how those industries are one of the underlying True. aspect there is exposure having knowledge of how the particular industry works or how things work i mean if you take that very essence and try to deal with that very essence of exposure and it's it's not like mm-hmm. a one way stream right it's a two way stream from my understanding having corporate also push a little towards from their end and also colleges do a little push from their end as well kind of creating this kind of a good bridge i mean i remember one of this program i had in my college days was college to corporate bridge which is a 7 hour program conducted by tcs loosely this program right. covers stuff related to how tcs as a company works and what kind of people they want to hire and how can you grow inside tcs but if you make this idea not just with tcs but a little more wider like on an ideal world one of my favorite companies to work with is ogilvy imagine ogilvy comes to my media college and tells me about what all things are there in the advertising communication media and in the meta world space that someone can do in a creative person even it is engineering or not or any other work kind of work and they talk about a lot of people who haven't done engineering and still got where they 
need to go and the spirit of ogilvy right. and the style of working or maybe giving some workshops of getting yourself ready in creative world or something like that what it does is it gives on a day to day lifestyle of what it takes to be a creative person and what are the job opportunities what is the like roles and responsibilities security like when someone knows all of these things from the company or from the corporate people have better informed decisions and and companies can also kind of gain out of this is how they can look at good employability they can have a good interaction with students learn a lot of stuff of what is happening with students can train people from ground i think it it is a synergic situation hmm. from both the ends that actually can work towards and i don't know if i want to dig a little deeper if there is anything we can do for a schooling level meril like that's a question i genuinely thought about of course colleges there is a mm-hmm. symbiotic relation both parties will learn and gain but if you ask me this question of what i want to be or can i really can get what i want to be or what i want to do in my 10th standard 8th standard the idea is never really mm-hmm. formed it's always a blank idea and whatever people say around me or what my parents used to do that's the idea i generally end up getting but if there is something that True. we can do for a schooling level i would say some kind of activity by some of the big corporate companies going to schools as a csr activity to learn train understand how the world works and um, creating this kind of a campaigns called careers day and kind of like emphasizing more on what ideas can you build towards the career you need to go and what kind of education do you need to de- do towards those i think these all things come kind of a combined structure of growth and the fundamental value i want to focus is more on exposure like the how much exposure you have the better you're going to take a decision and the better you can like find what you want to do so nikhil i think that's a very uh sensitively worded loaded answer you've given to a genuine question and this is something that honestly speaking we've all faced growing up and you know we're all in the hope that at least the next generation should not face this kind of a gap between education and employability and the sooner they get the exposure the better so this brings me to another question that i've also been thinking of now that i'm also in the workforce right is it important for somebody to maybe come into the workforce fully equipped for a job or do you think there should be scope for a person to also learn while on the job right um because i this can be a very polarizing question and i'm aware of that but it pays to have our own take on it what do you think i'm a polarizing man with polarizing decisions and i love these kind of questions <laughs> that like that kind of like <laughs> takes you apart but like jokes aside like i would say again my answer is polarizing having pre equipped always helps you right like i want to hire an editor imagine and uh, what do i look at is someone if they don't know editing much about it it's completely fine but one of the most important things i want them is to have like a visual idea of where do they stand and if there is a problem can they identify having that kind of an instinct that's much more important than actual skill because skills can be learned um i think that's something people right. need to learn if they're going to apply to a company having this kind of an idea of what are they working towards in the major scheme of things this gives them direction this this them also commitment and understanding or whether they want to work in this space or not but also it gives everyone a scope like you end up cutting the clutter whether like just because you've seen a good pay just because you've seen a good company that's not enough you need to also see are you equipped to work in that company 
is the company smart enough to take you like having that kind of a point also been asked always helps and i would say having that kind of a pre equipped is always helps you yes but in the other hand there is in one other direction mass hiring happens in colleges and campus recruitments over there the whole ball game is different it's it's more like um you have studied your 10th then you have studied your 12th then you have studied your college degree then these companies hire you to give yes. you further more education to the direction they want to uh, do because they hire in lakhs like people hire 1 to 2 lakhs every year and they 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 find having no knowledge at all because the direction they want to take you to doesn't really require a lot of knowledge but when you are going solo in job hunting it's always good to know what you are against and it's always good to learn what you are trying to apply definitely and i feel like this is where you know an idea that we were discussing in one of our conversations about the work readiness index right if there is some kind of a standard measure no matter how flawed it is right if we can have some kind of a standard measure uh where people can take a test and figure out what they're good at you know among all the skill sets that different industries require it can give a lot of perspective about which job you're good for and what is the gap between the skill sets that you currently have versus what the jd actually requires right so right now i think there is that information asymmetry in the market because people hide behind taxonomy and a word that means something to you can mean something completely different to another industry right so that information gap is something that needs to be bridged maybe through some technology uh, you know like our proposed work readiness index or some kind of a test like that you know so i guess yeah uh, that and exposure and i feel with that we've added one more layer to the definition of employability in terms of industry experience and immersion in addition to the 21st century skill of digital skilling right mm-hmm. but like let mm-hmm. me ask you this question meril we we spoke about what uh, an employee someone who is going to like get hired what do they need to have but let's turn the tables let me ask you this question like how much does a workplace help in the employability so that is a very good perspective and i feel this is some wisdom i have gathered also with my limited time engaging in the industry that i'm part of while again coming with the caveat that i'm not a management guru and of course i do not write for esteemed publications like hbr i honestly feel like there should be a mechanism wherein you as a job seeker you as a talented person should be able to ascertain whether a particular place is the right workplace for you you know because if you look at hr jargon and this wonderful article that katie buton has written for harvard business review they talk about the idea of culture fit where a company can gauge whether you as a person would be the right fit for their values and pillars of the culture and so on i feel there should be some way that can extend to the way and employee judges whether an organization is the right place for them so i found one framework that would be highly useful and this is by a psychologist called ron friedman So Ron Friedman talks about three pillars of a good workplace. One is autonomy, the second is competence, and the third is relatedness. So I'll just take some time to elaborate a little on these concepts. So one is autonomy. Autonomy means that an employee at any point in time should have a certain degree of control over their work. They should know what they're doing and they should know how much they're able to deliver. 
So that amount of autonomy is very important. Then the second pillar is called competence. So by competence, we're looking at whether an organization is able to give an employee the tools that they need to succeed or do well. So this is a very important pillar. And the third one is called relatedness, which is how better are you as an employee or a resource in a company able to identify with your colleagues, interact with them, or align with the foundational pillars of the organization, right? So that is autonomy, competence, and relatedness for you. So these are three ways by which, honestly, when an employer, potential employer asks you in an interview, what do you want from us? These could give you a few pointers as to how you can judge whether an organization is the right place for you. I mean, like, uh, as you say, this three things, right? Autonomy, competence, and relatedness. I kind of have a story that kind of yes. fits right very well here. And um, I read this story mm -hmm. in, in a book uh, written by Reed Hastings. It's called No Rules Rules. It's, it's more about the culture and style of working in a company like Netflix. And uh, the story goes more like this. So there's a senior level employee called Nigel who works in engagement and some kind of client relation who um, at that very point when the story was happening, House of Courts was the show that they were producing and managing and they were about to release the show. So they want to create some kind of buzz and everything. And one of the things they did with the show is they right. kind of want to release in 4K HD. And at that point, 4K was not something that's a day-to-day -day, uh, thing that you can consume. So they have this special TV from Samsung, which kind of has this 4K. And they wanted to show this information, the 4K resolution house of cards of $100 million show to some journalists so they can write about the resolution, the style of approach and all the sound and everything around it. And this whole thing was sorted out in one particular day and all of that. And everything was sorted. And um, like just about the day when this was about to happen, the Nigel guy realized that the TV that they have sorted out there in that was there near in the dustbin area. And he realized the TV was broken. And this Nigel guy was trying to go around all the places to find out where can they buy new TV immediately, all the places he called Samsung and everything. And he couldn't find out where the TV is. But funnily, when he went to that uh, office room, he realized there's actually a new Samsung 4K TV right there for the display for the journalist to consume the first episode. And Nigel was very surprised what happened. So apparently, when Nigel was out uh, and he was not in the office during that particular time, Nick, who is a junior level employee in that particular company, noticed that there's supposed to be a meeting happening and that the TV is not working. And what this guy did is this guy actually went out to Best Buy and bought a, uh, I think, $2,100 Samsung 4K TV and replaced it right wow. here. And like, even Nigel was very much surprised. Nigel, who is that uh, client's relation guy, was very much surprised how much a junior level employee was focusing on for the development of the company. I mean, definitely this guy will be appreciated definitely. or already got appreciated. That was not mentioned in the book. But if it, it was a point the CEO mentioned in the book because it's like more like what you give comes back, right? Giving employee this kind of a mm -hmm. respect, the kind of a thought process of we take care of you 
and employee will take care of you back and this kind of fits very well the autonomy of the decision making this high this person has the competence to understand what is the problem and how do they be related to this very problem i think it's always very interesting to look at these kind of case studies it's it's always what you give is what comes back uh, to you and that's where you see a good synergy Definitely. between employee and employer absolutely and i always feel like you know there might be a misconception that culture or you know a company's identity and decision making should only be concentrated in the top layer when that is not always the case right when you talk about a team honestly it doesn't matter which rung of the hierarchy you are in at the end of the day when you're facing a client or a vendor or any kind of a potential contingency each and every member is a contributing participant in that process we all have a responsibility to be one you know to think about the image of the organization when we deal with a situation like this right which is where i feel like autonomy competence and relatedness become very relevant as we think about employability today and you know explore the job market or even when we want to switch from one industry to another so the moment of truth is here nikhil and i spent some time taking a fun psychometric evaluation just to learn a little bit about whether we are employable or not and which industries our skill sets would be compatible with nikhil you want to lead sure sure so i got some crazy evaluations um so meril here is the thing right mm-hmm. one of the most preferred job given to me was this political campaign analyst or the political analysis was the top job was suggested to me i mean like that was completely out of bound like i had no idea this was something That's interesting yeah, yeah 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 it is it is i'm mean, like i it was completely out of the blue i had no idea that political science was something that was given to me but i have a theory hear me out why like mm-hmm. this is my mm-hmm. understanding of why i've been given to political analysis or something like that is this is this is right. the priority right the second priority of the jobs that given to me are somewhere related to me something like production and um, advertising creative fields marketing communications these are all the job roles given to me i think the way how this job thing was sorted out is looking at two things for me right like there is one way i have my independent thinking which is taking primary role second is the kind of problem mm-hmm. solving i would like to do i think these two factors at the end of the day helping me uh define my job role maybe like I like to do creative jobs even in the boring industries even if you put me accounting I would like to do creative jobs there I'm mm-hmm. more a creative person that way I think that's how all my options are derived it's not which industry I fit in but also which style of job some kind of uncertain some kind of a creative thinking something that makes me put my foot on the floor right. to figure things out and there is no conventional thinking those are the jobs i feel were given to me and political analyst or political science is one of them in the top row like that's my thought sure and if i can add my two cents to your observation um just from getting to know you better i think you're very good when it term in terms of devising you know broader content strategy or you have a very clear vision with where you want to take things forward right even if it is at a broader level and at the same time 
I've observed in our interactions that you're a very persuasive person. Like once you have an idea, you will go ahead with it and you will make sure that the other person is sold on it, right? So these are some uh, fundamentals when it comes to politics, I guess, or like preparing someone for political candidacy. So honestly speaking, in case podcasting doesn't work or in case marketing doesn't work, now you know what to do. Oh, I always have backup. You now have an interesting backup. Yeah, yeah, I have backup now. So if you thought yours was wild, let me serve you something way wilder, which is my psychometric findings, okay? So I am not from the science domain. I am mostly from humanities and literature to be more specific. And when I did the psychometric analysis and my results came, I was in for a bit of a shock. So my top career recommendations were actually STEM. You know, STEM was one, business analytics was the other. And the third one was actually logistics. And I don't even have the most remote experience in any of these fields. And if you were to sit me down and ask me, Meryl, do you like math and computer science? I would say, I am scared of mathematics. So I was quasi blown away by what I found. But like you, I also have a theory. So the thing about me is, I'm not particularly attached to any industry, but if you can just give me a little bit of time I can understand end-to-end how an industry functions. And in a process perspective, I know how to start things from scratch. I know the execution part and the ROI part also. If you teach me how to calculate, I can do it. So I feel like knowing a system, understanding it in and out uh, has always been a big advantage. And that's a skill I picked up over the last three and a half years also. And I feel like that's probably why I got these options where, you know, a value chain or a supply chain is somehow involved. And if anything, you know, I'm trying to look at the bright side of things, okay? Life for me is all about overcoming my fears. And maybe it's a good opportunity for me to work towards overcoming my fear of math and seeing if maybe I can add any value. Maybe the Fields Medal is not in the horizon for me. But I can learn to be a little more confident, right? I guess, yeah, that's about it for me. That's a spirit. That's a spirit. But like, I think one more point to add. I don't know whether you notice this thing for yourself or not. Um, data mm-hmm. analytics is actually a creative field. You play around with data to contemplate a lot of ideas. You work with a lot of hypotheses. But the process to come with these ideas is systematic. You play with the data in a systematic manner where you have step one, step two, step three and step four. You can do creative jobs in those to find out. And I think fundamentally you like a systematic process and a lot of jobs would have been given to you. Yes. Maybe, yeah, right. Like maybe connected because you are systematic and like, yeah, see. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of like when I see chaos, I put an order to it and I simply cannot resist having step one, step two leading up to step (laughs) ten. See, I think uh, like, I think like what I kind of realized after the psychometric test, again, this is the first of its kind that I did, um, is there is a Mm -hmm. lot more to a dream job than what you think. It's like, it's much more deeper, right? Sometimes, let's say someone works in finance but they work finance in the movie entertainment world and they are very sad like they they don't enjoy the environment or something like that on the other hand there are people who are doing Mm -hmm. creative jobs in accounting and they're very happy with what they have like what it kind of gave me this kind of psychometric report is 
uh, like there's a lot deeper end that goes in of which job that you're going to be choosing and also which industry you're going to be choosing a good combination of these two will give you a right option like that th that's what i realized after this uh, psychometric test cool that that is pretty cool and i al always feel like the more open minded we are about these things i think the more we realize our options are and the more proactive you can get about planning your way forward or you know changing your fixed ideas about what a career should be so i guess that brings us to the end of this episode where we actually looked at employability from a theoretical level at a practical level and we inspected what our current system can do to actually boost employability among people and then we took a brief glance at whether the workplace can contribute towards employability and slow clap what next nikhil well 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 so speaking of labels and categories what do you identify as are you an introvert extrovert or do you think it's all plain bs join us in the next episode as we dissect these labels and thank you so much for joining on our pilot episode as we're looking forward to bring you more of these discussions to you and everything that we discussed and all the major points we're going to be putting them as part of the description so you can reach out to us good or bad write down to us in the below mentioned mail address and till then see you bye bye ciao for now we can't wait to see you in the next episode